Hey y'all, quick disclaimer on this one. Zach had some problems with his audio, so we don't have the most amazing of sounds for you, but I've done my absolute best to make it sound good, or at least as good as I can make it, so I hope you enjoy it anyways. Thanks. Hey y'all, Alan here, and welcome to A Journey's Rest, a podcast focused on the vast but deep set of topics about the complexity and joy of roleplay games. Whether you need to attune to a magic item, regain some hit points, change out spells, or just reminisce with friends, here we just sit down for around about an hour and enjoy ourselves. This week signifies the exalted return of the Overlord after his long and arduous campaign against the heretical pocket dimension freedom fighters. But never mind all that. Zack's not a war criminal, I promise. And this episode we're discussing an upcoming book, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. We talk through some of the changes and adaptations that Watsi is introducing in the new supplement, and as well, we're discussing new additions and content ports from 3.5. This, I promise, is not an alibi, and Zack's definitely not exploiting a loophole in the laws of space-time to be in more than one place at one time. Also, no need to look at Alpha Centauri this weekend. If you saw anything, it would instantly erase your existence anyways. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. <sighs> Wonderful. Oh, God. You know, Zach, after being gone for, uh, you know, two episodes or so, it's very nice just to hear you just viscerally announce your return with a guttural scream. <sighs> I, I love it. Yeah, you know, I had uh, I, I had some subordinates that were getting a little uh, <laughs> little rowdy. I had uh, some coups to put down, you know, some, yeah. some uh, revolts of the people to crush beneath my uh, uh, celestial boot. Yeah, well, once again, you know, we are extra-dimensional beings, and you have a lot of things to worry about, so... I do have some things to worry about sometimes. What was this yeah. loud noise? Don't worry about it. It might have been another okay. coup. I'm a little annoyed. They <laughs> just keep doing them over and over again. I was like, it's too many coups, you guys. That's you right. You know what? With the coups. It's funny. Like, well. It's funny the first time. It's funny the second time. It's not funny the 847th time. You know, I recently realized I don't think they're trying to be funny. I think they really, oh, truly what? believe that there is some kind of freedom from their pocket dimension that they can nope. gain. And I'm like, no, I'll just destroy you. This that is like is that ridiculous. Rick and Morty episode. Yeah. I, I've never watched Rick and Morty, but I agree. Well, then you know. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, Zach, today we're going to talk about some cool stuff. Yeah. And it's going to be dope. We are. And everybody else out there is probably like, wow, you have already told me in the title of this episode. But for you, for us guys, I haven't written the title of this episode, so it's probably going to be a little less succinct for me. But today we're going to talk about Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. And it's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited to, to talk about this because... This is the new D&D book that's releasing on the 17th for North America and December 1st for everywhere else. And I am super excited because it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. And I'm even more excited because we can talk about it. And Zach has never seen any of this. 
So that means yeah. that we can talk about it in a really cool way and Zach can learn and you guys can learn at the same time. So um, basically this is the second version of what would be like a Xanathar's Guide V2. It's it's a similar situation to that or if you're more like attuned to like 3.5, it'd probably be like the Player's Handbook 3 at this point. Because Xanathar's got to probably be two. So there's that. They did make multiple of those, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they've got all that stuff, and it's super cool. It's wonderful. I'm really excited to take a look at all of this. So I thought, Zach, we would just go through, and I would say, here's the table of contents that was leaked earlier today. Do you want to just poke your finger at anything and we can take a look at what it is oh, and yeah, how fantastic it is. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's so go. there's 22 new subclasses in this book, and there's group patrons, there's a bunch of new spells, magical items, how to personalize spells, how to change your character origin, create a custom race, disentangle, um, disentangle. Uh, you know, racial abilities from a race so that you can kind of reconstruct how you want to so that cultural and racial benefits don't necessarily have to line up with the race that you want to play. Um, There's a bunch of like dungeon master tools for sidekicks and supernatural regions. So like different areas that have like, uh, you know, area effects. There's uh, magical phenomenons. There's natural hazards, puzzles, puzzle handouts. There's tons of stuff in this book. Zach, what do you want to talk about first? Mostly I want to talk about primal fruit. That's the interesting thing to me. Yeah. Wait, where's primal fruit? Uh, magical phenomenons towards the bottom of the right. We're looking at a oh. leaked table of contents, which was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. actually magical... seven people died to, to get that out. So Magical phenomenon. Let me see if I can find the information on, on primal fruit. I don't think that I've taken a look at primal fruit well then what are we even doing here alan you know what you know i was i didn't think it was going to be that bad but then all of a sudden (laughs) i was just like i've got a lot of things prepared for this and then zach's just like primal fruit no one is ever prepared for me that's the truth i'm I'm sorry but oh okay i have no idea what's Uh, going on here yeah it just the only information we have on primal fruit right now so seems to be magic fruit yeah, <laughs> that's it. Also, I'm assuming it's that on page 168, we do know yeah. that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, well, that's actually sad because, you know, they're, well, it's one away from being, a hundred away from being cool. So, we all, yeah. Um, but, uh, Primal Fruit, I'm assuming, have you watched the episode of Critical Role where they, like, eat that, like, psychedelic fruit? Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that I'm, was my, I can, That was the, my favorite. The only episode that I remember, or any D&D that I remember with there being, like, primal fruit, or, like, I don't know, are they going to pull a Luffy? Like, are they going to be like, hey, here's this gum-gum fruit, and you can eat it, and all of a sudden you're a rubber boy. Like, that's possible. Who knows? Who you know? Knows? Yeah, it could be anything. It really could. I'm sure it could that would be, be kind of cool that for backstory. And turn into a dinosaur? I would you eat that could. fruit immediately. Really? And I would turn. You'd never, you'd never be able to turn back and have a and have a podcast with me ever again. And you'd choose to pe- have become a, a dinosaur with you as a raptor. Well, yeah, but all your your sounds would just be. Like you don't that, know you that. Know what I mean, it was probably well, more like. 
Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, I guess, yeah, it's personalized, so you'd probably know how it would sound. I would like, be a so. giant raptor duck. That probably existed. <laughs> I don't know. I like dinosaurs. <laughs> so, no. So, okay. Let, so, first thing that I want to start out with is, who is this Tasha? You know, all these people are getting books named after him. What do I have to do as an extra-dimensional super being to get a D&D book named after me? Yeah. Do I have so to write Tasha, it? That's Tasha, a lot of work. Tasha. That's fair. Yeah. No, I, I totally hear you. It is a lot of work. I mean, this comes out after, you know, three months of of, uh, of waiting after another book and probably a couple of years in production and things like that. Um, a lot of this has come from a bunch of unearthed arcana classes and things like that. Tasha is, from what I know, a Forgotten Realms character or other. Hmm, let me think. Is she from Forgotten Realms or is she not? She basically is... A not nice lady, she's a mean person, and is, you know, very powerful witch, or wizard, I don't know, yeah. That's yeah. so, the cauldron part. Wait, is this Tasha yeah. from Tasha's Hideous Laughter? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like and that. There's even three, there's even three new Tasha spells in this game, or in this as well. Tasha's Caustic Brew, Tasha's Mind Whip, and Tasha's Otherworldly Guys. Mind Whip. Yeah, <laughs> mind whip. So like it actually freak. does look pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's so very I, cool. Yeah, otherworldly yeah. guys. I bet that's like a halfway between like disguise and magic, halfway between like, like I don't know, like frightful presence or some shit like that. That'd be yeah, something cool. like that. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure on that one. We do have. I think there is a licked uh, lick a link to uh, Tasha's mind whip here. Um, I do have one for that. It's uh, I think that's the only one that we have released so far. It says you physically or you sorry you physically. Let me try again. Alan talks. Take two. You psychically lash out at one creature you can see within range. The target must make an intelligence saving throw. On a failed save, the target takes three d six psychic damage and it can't take a reaction until the end of its next turn. Moreover, on its next turn, it must choose whether it gets a move, an action, or a bonus action. It gets only one of the three. Wow. On a successful save, the target takes half as much damage and suffers none of the spell's other effects. When you cast the spell at a higher level, uh, or, or third level or higher, you can target one additional creature for each spell slot above second. The creatures must be within 30 feet of each other when you target them. So, yeah, pretty good spell, honestly. Yeah, that's good. That's second that's very level like, enchantment. I don't know. For some reason, that reminds me of like the Gith and the Gith Yankee. Yeah, here. it does. The, the Gith it does. Yeah, and the yeah, Gith yeah. Yankee. Gith You're Yankee. so correct. No, uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it really does because like they are very like psychically attuned and things like that. So I think that actually. Um, like this this definitely feels like if you're using Gith in your game, you could use this spell and it would be like, oh, like. Um, it's an, It's also ninety feet range, by the way. So it's pretty wow. far range. Wow. Yes, yeah. it's mind um, energy. And it's and whoa, holy holy crap! I didn't notice this. It's only verbal components. That's it. So like, if you want to subtle spell it as a as like a sorcerer, you could just go, and then you cast a spell. And you may be like, Alan, you didn't do anything. And I'm like, correct. I didn't. I just did it. Oh, I, and no one would even know I cast it because I don't move, I don't say anything, I don't use any materials, anything. <laughs> and the other person just, the target just goes, oh. Why? Oh, God. I'm oh. confused. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty dope. 
I mean, that's kind of like elementary stuff for like, you know, extra dimensional beings like us. But still, that's yes. that's on brand. That's on brand. Yes, I'll exactly. Give that the Yorgor, exactly. that stamp of approval. <laughs> Do you say Yorgor? I went, Ah, okay, okay. Wonderful. Yeah, you know our old buddy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes, yes, yes. I hope his wife's doing okay. Yeah. And his other <laughs> wife. And his, anyway. And his, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, are there any other things that interest you in this table of contents? There's a lot of information here yeah. uh, to possibly take a look at. So, okay. I'm torn because part of me wants to just go through this chronologically so I don't really miss anything. But another part oh, of yeah. me immediately wants to jump to... Um, and I am doing this with air quotes, race creation, because that's Mm -hmm. like my favorite thing ever. And all of my games, I always make what you choose to be your species really important because I like that a lot. I like giving a lot of power and also potentially restricting a lot of things based on that. It, it, it's to me something that deeply informs all the role playing of your character. Um, and I really, I think that's super cool. So let's do that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Yeah, so basically what I've seen so far from uh, from races, and here's some information that I'm seeing right now. I'll, I'll read some of this off to you. So basically it's a new lineage system, and it allows you to like customize different characters. Um, you can change a bunch of ability score modifiers and things like that, and you can disentangle personal traits from cultural traits. And so no mm. longer are these races really like bound to one thing like you That's... won't find and and even actually a bunch of the the races that are listed in here i believe there are actually a couple that are reprinted in this if i'm nice. not mistaken That's i'm good. not sure exactly i think i've heard about that but i'm not i can't find them right now so Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that's possible. I um, hope that's the case because uh, my my half orcs. Oh man, they really they, yeah. They they don't do so hot. Let, let's hear. Yeah, let's yeah, get like, an F in the chat for all the half orc characters yeah, all, that yes, are racially yes, exactly. typified. Where is our chat? Where do we have a chat? I oh, mean, I have an extra dimensional chat. chat. Oh, okay. My apologies. Um, but no. So, uh, like, so basically, you can take, um, like, you can basically. It looks like you can take uh, custom lineages that are disconnected from anything in the player's handbook, uh, and it's got like a kind of like a fill-in-the-blanks template for making a race. Um, and there's there's pretty much removal of almost all negative racial modifiers from Kobold, Orc, and uh, from Kobold and Orc from yeah, Volo's Guide. That's also good. Um, yeah, in up to, and I think that's not necessarily like happening in this book, maybe, but it's it might be happening in reprinted versions. Um, and it also re- removes a lot of like racial prerequisites for feats. So things like, you know, you can only be like, you can only be, uh, an elf to take this, you know, feat or something like that. Like you, it's pretty much like re- disentangling all of that. That's and, good. um, now, uh, races from, uh, the player's handbook are now considered like archetypical versions of the race, but the new origins let you create like exceptional members that are of that race so like you can um uh, you know apply the ability scores however you like and it seems as though it's going to be you can like rearrange a plus two and a plus one but then like uh you can't add them up to a three and that's basically how you make ability score improvements to those so that's cool that's very cool i i think this is something that as a dm i have grappled with a lot because i think it's always seemed kind of problematic to me and I've homebrewed it a million different times. Actually, 
a, maybe a week or two ago, I think it might have been you who recommended it to me. I'm not sure, but I, I saw this resource that was about picking and choosing um, different uh, uh, kind of heritages, and and so mm-hmm. you could be like half dragonborn, half tiefling, or like an eighth oh. dragonborn and like oh, seven eighths tiefling, you know, and and that and kind of build your ability scores like that. And it was it was homebrewed, but it was very well made. Huh. And you I know what? It, I don't think that it was me, but if you do have that, I would love to take a look at it sometime if you still have the link. See, now you're testing my memory. I'm sorry. Technically been about 5,000 years for me since then, so... Oh, okay, yeah. Because, I mean, time dilation's so weird for us. Maybe so I can find knows. it after the podcast or something. I would yeah, love to, exactly. to plug that now, but I have no idea where to even begin looking for it. Um, yeah, no worries. We can try and find it to put in, like, the show notes or something like that, so... Yeah. Uh, um... So yeah, that's basically what what um, the cool. the uh, racial racial stuff looks like, and I think that's super awesome because I think that first of all, it allows you to kind of like take races that you actually want to create in a homebrew campaign and make those with a very re- like reasonable template, and it also allows you to take the races that you already like, and even if um, you know, because people will choose, they'll be like, oh well, I really want to play a wizard, but like. I want to play a drow wizard and drow get dexterity and charisma and I don't really want charisma. You know what I mean? So then like, where do you go to like find that? Like, how can you make compromises with that? And then all of a sudden you can play any race that allows you to um, have a, you know, like a wizard that's really specialized from being a drow and you can play any race that you want that makes sense with your role play to do so. Um, And so it, it, feels really cool that you have the options to do that um uh, yeah i'm i'm really excited about that i'm glad they're kind of busting that dam open a little bit because that has been a problem with the way D is built for a long time that that's i mean there's like a whole moral aspect of that and then there's yeah. also just the practical aspect where it's like well it really doesn't make sense that no orcs would ever be wizards because they're too stupid like yeah none and then if you yeah. play an orc wizard, you are automatically way worse than all other wizards. That just yeah, I don't know that that it see it's always seemed to me like it should be more of a chance based thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, sure. Oh, like you said, like the base, the core uh, racial traits uh, that are provided in the player's handbook are like that's the archetypical individual. But you yeah. know, you might be born as a super intelligent orc every now and then. Yeah, it'd be yeah, weird. I totally but agree. You know, it's it's not typical of the the race, if you want to call it that. It's not typical of the culture. They wouldn't necessarily uh, treat you the way that humans would treat a smart human, which also right. I'm not saying that humans treat their smart people very well. Anyway, um, yeah. so I think that's something that a lot of people have had the notion is messed up about D&D for a long time. And also, right. there's the, the, like I said, there's a more moral aspect of like, well, you're calling them races and then giving them very sure. distinct differences between each other but honestly that's right. like a whole other podcast so we can get into that yeah. another time but uh, yeah i totally agree but i mean i agree with you but yeah i think that's that's a larger problem i think that can't necessarily be grappled in the let's talk about tasha's cauldron of everything podcast Correct. either but so, i'm glad yeah. to hear that they're taking steps and i haven't read anything i guess so i can't confirm oh this is better it might be worse who knows but yeah I, knows? i'm but, it seems like they're at least acknowledging that things need to be a little more malleable and whatnot, yeah. so that's very cool. Um, yep. Next point. I totally agree. I would like to talk about some of those summoning spells. I see a whole lot of yeah. summoning spells in this Isn't table. Isn't that cool? Content. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so, so basically what I've been seeing is um, at, 
as a summoner, you know, I think that people have been kind of feeling a little a little underappreciated with summoning spells because first of all, summoning spells kind of make others hate you. Yeah. So um, you summon 18 skeletons, and then all of a sudden you've got so much action economy, it takes your turn 40 minutes to get done, and then you circle back around for 20 minutes on everybody else, and then it gets back to you, and you take 40 minutes, right? Mm. It sucks. It's annoying. Yeah. But um, what a lot of these summoning spells do is instead of summoning a bunch of little dudes, they will summon one dude that is equivalent to the spell level that you summon it at, you know what I mean? That's so, cool. and then it will have like a couple of things that it can do. And it includes the, the, one of the really cool things is in the spell description, it includes the monster block for the thing that you summon. So it's, it's very intuitive for like, I want to summon this. Here's the monster block. Here's what it can do. It's one thing. I'm not breaking the action economy. Yeah. That's you know what cool. I mean? That's very cool. Cause there's a lot of times when, I mean, necromancers are almost certainly the most egregious offenders in this in this case, right? Because they'll summon eighty thousand skeletons. Well, there's also just a summon yeah. undead. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can there's different ways that you can, um, you know, make that type of thing work and not all of a sudden just like be the worst person at the table. You know what I mean? Because uh, summoners are it's a cool archetype, but in D and D. It unfortunately comes with the cost of social weirdness because then all of a sudden you're taking up a lot of time and then everybody yeah. else has to wait around for you and everything like that. And it just feels kind of funky. Um, I do have a list of some of the summoning spells here and I can like I have like different levels for them. Yeah. But Run it's by like me. what? OK, Run so, yeah. Um, uh, uh, summon undead is a third level. Summon shadow spawn is a third level which summons a monstrosity. Ooh, I don't know what that would be. I We don't have, by the way, we don't have all the information on Tasha's Cauldron right now. Well, a monstrosity but, is a type of m- creature, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know the exact definition of it. Yeah. Um, like something like Summon Beast is second level, so that's like a really okay. good one for an early yeah. um, an early summoner. Um so I'm really I, I'm really excited to see what type of uh, classes really get into doing summoning and things like that. Yeah. Um, you That'd can. Cool. There's summon abjur abjuration, or sorry, summon abjuration. What the fuck? That would be summon crazy. Summon abjur. <laughs> just summon the physical manifestation of abjur abjuration magic. <laughs> summon aberration, which is you summon a beholder kin. Ooh. So something from the beholders. Uh, which is that's actually super cool um, and it's a fourth level um, summon celestial is fifth level um, so there's a summon construct which yeah. is you can summon a golem or a modron nice. and summon elemental is a fourth level which is kind of weird because isn't there already a summon elemental spell Maybe well, there's just that's what I was going to say is I see also they redid like Booming Blade and Lightning Lure. So I think maybe yeah. they redid some of these spells, which is they did. Yeah, they did actually change a couple different ones. I think it's I've heard that there is a um, there was a desire to get the uh, the Blade Singer out of Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide because people just didn't like having having to buy one book to get the Blade Singer because the Blade Singer was this like really interesting gish fantasy for for people you know what i mean because it's like it, yeah. it's the opposite of an eldritch knight you know what i mean because like um 
you know, Eldritch Knights are a lots of sword, little sorcery. You know what I yeah. mean? Whereas, um, where well, sorcery is like a weird, a, a weird kind of thing to state in this like in D and D terms because sorcerer and wizard are very distinctly different things. Mm, okay, but. Um, but it's more like Eldritch Knight is like a little bit of wizard, a little bit of, or a lot of bit of sword. Whereas, um, you know, Blade Singer is a little bit of sword, a lot of bit of magic. So it's a, it's a, it's different from that in a, in a different perspective. But, uh, yeah, they got that. And then the biggest one is Summon Fiend at sixth level. Hell yeah. So there's a lot of really cool summoning spells here. And if you ever wanted to play that summoner fantasy where you just pulled things from the other ether, you can do that now. There's a lot of options. You Very can cool. you can find and fill a spell book with a ton of really interesting possibilities, which is super cool because I think that's actually that type of fantasy has been kind of lacking in in a lot of the ways that D and D has um, has been kind of constructed and, and presented for the past you know little while here, and the the fact is like they probably haven't wanted to do that until they got it right and so i'm i'm excited they're releasing so many because i'm sure that they hated releasing summoning spells when they're like okay well everybody's going to hate this person for summoning this thing yeah so yeah no i mean and that is a a hard thing to mess with i i personally really like the idea of a summoner but the problem is they don't really have a counter so in order yeah. to do that so okay let me tell you a story um, did you play 3.5 ever? I don't think you have. I don't think I've ever played 3.5. I, I just hear a myriad of stories of you telling me about the bullshittery that is mm-hmm. 3.5. Well, let me tell you about something uh, 3.5 did right, in my opinion, for a change. Um, in 3.5, one of the they, they had feats up the wazoo. That was the whole thing, right? They had a billion yeah. feats. Um, and one of the classic, almost mandatory feat combinations, or pathways, I guess, for any real melee fighter in that game was uh, power attack and cleave. I don't remember the exact wording, but I think it was something along the lines of if you hit somebody with a melee weapon attack and you kill them, then you can cleave to the next person and and basically get an extra attack against them. And so that was kind of a really good counter for summoning a bunch of creatures. The action economy still broke down. They did try to do something about that, but in my opinion, they just didn't implement it hard enough, and I've messed with mm. this concept later on um, in my own ways. And that something was... Uh, so w- what they did here in, in Tasha's Cauldron, uh, it seems to be that they made it so you could summon one big other creature, right? Um, yeah, yep, that's basically it. Is that yep. correct, or is it like... Yeah, it is. What You're I'm thinking correct. of is, is in 3.5, they had swarms. They had this concept yep. of a bunch of creatures all acting as one creature. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which helped to speed the action economy up, helped to make things that you were summoning that were smaller a little bit better, because yep. in 3.5, you could summon, like, eight scarab beetles, which all had an AC of three and one hit point and could do no damage. So it was like, oh, great, so this is just wasting time. But you could then also... they they modified things so you could summon swarm of scarab beetles and that would feasibly be able to actually deal damage to someone it only acts as one other creature and and mm-hmm. yeah so and then like they mess with a bunch of feats and stuff to make it so that you would be able to deal better damage if you had like the cleave feet and stuff yeah. like that because it just made more sense or certain types of attacks were less uh effective against them so yes i agree with what you what with what you said summoning is 
very finicky. You have to do it right, and you have to yep. make sure that everything is working properly. And I, I like what they have done here by figuring it out and then releasing all the summoning spells at once instead of putting things into the game that either were useless or game-breaking, you know? Yep, totally agree. Very cool. So that's, yeah, that's something that's that I was really excited about too because I think that that type of stuff can be really interesting, but I think the implementation oftentimes mechanically can be funky, so. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Any other things in here that you're looking at that are very cool to your eyeballs? At uh, the three new classes, the 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 Chad classes that they added. In. Oh no! Uh, oh no! What I what I see is under sidekick. Now in previous oh, versions, yeah. it was the expert, the warrior, and the adept. I believe it wasn't spellcaster. Um, yeah. I have played an entire campaign as a warrior and somehow survived. What you did? Oh yeah. You Let me tell you, maniac. I was shit. I was really <laughs> bad. So for people who don't know, from what I know at least, uh, and from what I am inferring based on the title Sidekicks, uh, under yeah. which all this is located, the expert, the spellcaster, as it is now called instead of the adept, and the warrior are NPC classes, which are complete and total garbo and are very yeah. fun to try to make work uh, in my personal experience. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. They... That's dope that they brought them back. Yeah, so actually, uh, they they brought this in for a couple reasons. First of all, to add on to, like, here, you want a sidekick? There's a sidekick class. Cool. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but, like, also, y- you, like, this is also built for new players, right? So, like, if you are, if everybody's like, hey, I don't really want to do any of this, like, work, they're like, okay, cool. Like, here's a chill experience. You can choose from these three. Yep. You can choose from warrior, expert, or spellcaster. And then yeah. people can just pick those up. They got like four options to do things. Like you walk around, you talk to people, you cast one spell, you're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's it. And you don't have to do too much crazy stuff. And then eventually, if you want to level them up, you can pull them into like being a wizard or being a fighter or being a paladin or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's you can very change cool. that. It's less overwhelming. And yeah. And they, they're, they're calling them simple, elegant, and flexible. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Feels good. I wonder that what like, that means. That's very interesting uh, because they were not flexible in 3.5. Let me tell you, there was nothing there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think what they're trying to do. So I think, I think that was released in um, UA a little bit back to where you could basically like try out this sidekick thing. Uh, let me open that up. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, let me take a look here. Yeah, so they do actually have some like actual things in in here where it's like a little bit more like they actually have like 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 class features and things like that as as a class of of like sidekick and things like that like because like at level nine like warriors have indomitable right that's at level two they have danger sense at level three they have improved critical uh, things like that it's just like shit in there yeah so it's like this variant class thing and it actually might level up similarly to uh like yeah at like 10th level the sidekick's like its armor class just increases by one. Oh, that's like, interesting there, there's little things like that where you just like slowly have a better sidekick there uh yeah experts have like cunning action and um, cool. evasion and expertise and reliable talent 
Um, they have a lot more ability score improvements, things like that. Um, they have like, um, you know, like cleric or sorry, spellcasters have like different spellcasting focuses and things like that, and and or no, sorry, different different spell. Blah 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 blah. I'm having a hard time making words today, Zach. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to read off all these things and explain them to you and, like, sound eloquent in some sort of way. So I apologize to everybody who's having to you listen to stumble. You sound very don't eloquent. You, don't you ever say nice things to me again or else I'm going to get real mad. Um, so they've got a bunch of different types of spellcasters that you can choose from for the spellcaster. Um, and, yeah, so, like, you can choose a bunch of cool different ones and things like that. Yeah. So. Um, cool. And yeah, like it's just like the basic, it's a basic spellcaster like list and things like that. You get like magical recovery, which is almost like arcane recovery, um, more potent cantrips at level six, um, empowered spells at level 10, focus casting wow. at 14. So there's like a bunch of really interesting little doodads that like just make it seem actually interesting, like not actually that bad. I mean, you could probably play one of these. You'd be worse than like a, an optimized build, but uh, or or from like a just you know going full twenty in in one class. But it would definitely make you feel like you're not, you know, you're not shit tier. So yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting right. options here, and cool. so I think that they actually are going to be pretty flexible. Do you think, given the fact that it's called sidekicks, they're meant? exclusively for NPCs to be those classes or or do you have confirmation that also those are meant to be played by by players as well yeah so it actually looks like they are they're they're still including a like they're supposed to have like templates to apply it to NPCs like NPC stat blocks and things like that um and you can create stats with an NPC in mind and that's a very reasonable thing right like so if you're playing and you want a sidekick and you have you know, you have the desire to just, you know, have one dude follow you around and carry all your stuff, but then also be able to cast spells and stuff like that. Like, cool. Yeah, you can have a sidekick. That's cool. That's cool. But if, like, let's say I'm like, hey, mom, do you want to play some D&D? And she's like, that sounds really complicated, George. And I say, my name's not George, uh, mom. It's Alan. Uh, but please play D&D with me. And she's like, oh, cool. That sounds really complicated. And I'm like... Um, well, I have this sidekick option for you, and you can just play that. It's very simple. And then she can just pick it up and be like, oh, this is easy. I don't have to worry about anything. Let's just rock and roll. Let's rock and roll. So, yeah. Nice. I, uh, that, I've, I've, like. that also op- opens up other potential opportunities. Like, uh, I think once I did a one-shot where there was... It was basically like a, a horror one-shot where we we literally... Um, I think there was four players. One of them was just a barbarian rogue, and then they were the slasher. Uh, and then okay. the other three were um, the the base like NPC classes. They were expert adept warrior. And then we basically I built a map that was like a high school, and they were trying uh-huh. to like survive this this like slasher who was trying to murder them. So like it, you can do fun stuff like Whoa. that. Like it's a cool way to just. Take some, take a bunch of players down a peg, you know, in a certain yeah. way. Yeah, that's cool. I like that's it. That's nice. I like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so apparently, also sidekicks can be things like, like animals too. So like you could apply this to like a wolf, right? And you could, or you could apply this to, um, you know, like a a pixie, 
or something like that, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe a pixie follows you around and is your spellcaster, you know? You could make Peter Pan and Tinkerbell with this. I wonder, cool. I wonder what a wolf that polymorphed itself into a human would look like. Probably like a human, right? Yeah, but, like, what is a wolf's impression of a human? I feel like well, it'd be more scent-based. That's fair. Is this like is this like Ben Ten, where like Maybe. as soon as he turns into any other creature, he's just the fucking like Chad of that creature. So he turns Maybe. into like this like six foot five ripped dude mm. with like a giant beard. I don't yes. know why I think this is the pinnacle of humanity. I don't. <laughs> the pinnacle of Chadness. <laughs> it is the pinnacle of Chadness, I guess. Well, let's be very clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they got all that that's that's super cool, cool. um sidekicks are dope actually i love the idea because it allows a lot of flexibility and um and possible play options for people because like man like so i know sometimes like i'm like wow i really want this npc but good gosh if i have to like stat out another level 12 npc i'm going to blow yeah. my brains out you know what yeah. i mean like it's so annoying sometimes and sometimes i'm just like oh cool sidekick you're a sidekick that's it you're a sidekick. That's it. There's nothing else. You don't get to be cooler than a sidekick. That's okay. It's not that crazy to be a sidekick. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. That's fun. Nice. So, yeah. I also noticed that right above that they have a section for session zero, which is dope. Yeah. They definitely have There's needed that for a while. Four pages on that. Ooh. Or sorry, three pages. Wait, thirty-nine, forty, forty-one, and then some of forty-two. So yeah, so almost four pages, three and a half pages. That's on that. really cool. I can't wait so that's to read that. Fantastic, because, like, dude, we've talked about Session Zero being so important so much. Yeah. Like, we have been like, yo, Session Zero is the most important session of the game because you all want to be on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's good to see Wizards being like, yeah, that's actually really valuable. You should always be talking about Session Zero because you always want to make sure that you guys are playing the game that makes the most sense for all of you so that's awesome i can't believe that they put four pages in there for session zero i think wizards of the coast has long been very good at pumping out additional content to play with um yeah and i see that here obviously i mean there's like in the table of contents it's like almost one third or it's about one third like subclasses and like reworking yep. old classes and stuff right and feats and shit but also i see a very strong just from the table of contents granted and from what you're telling me i see a very strong effort to take some steps in the right direction and address some criticisms and uh, n uh narratives that are, are going on in the community and i think that's really cool because they put out a lot of content for 3.5 but this kind of effort i i don't feel like it was there as much as it yeah. is now and that's very that's very good to see i'm i'm very happy about that i I definitely will be buying this book um, once it comes out and and pouring through it again and again and again because it is oh yeah very cool. Uh, and I not, totally hear you. Yeah, and not just for like honestly, I like subclasses and stuff like that. But my favorite thing to find in a book is like new options and optional oh, rules boy. and things like that. And and it seems like there's a lot of that going on in this. Yeah, Zach. Let me tell you. They have whole look at the last pages. I know that like we talked about, you know, four pages for for um session zero. Look at how many pages they put in there for puzzles. Holy shit. There are 18 
18 pages of puzzles. Wow. 18. They That's said DMs have a hard time creating puzzles. We want to give them really good ones. 18 pages of them. I hope. And... I hope that that's not just puzzles, but also instructions on how to build them and stuff like that. Oh, surely, right? I I, I think it, I I would hope so, right? Because, like, that to me feels like, wow, that's such an awesome thing to do. Because, like, I know that oftentimes when I'm creating dungeons and things like that, I'm like, man, I really want to create some puzzles. But, like, holy crap, like, I don't want to create ones that are boring. You know what I mean? So, it's hard. And, you know, I think having a good, even if you just, like, have a bunch of starting options... Like, that's always great to be like, oh, this one's cool. I can change this to make it interesting and fit into my session. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't have to have it be exact, but the fact that you have a starting place makes it easier for you to move forward. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's really cool. I can't wait to read that section, too. Yeah. Damn, this book is looking good. Yeah, there, there's a whole like the latter ha- the latter almost third of the book is because it's 192 pages, and it looks like a hun- 139 is where the DM tools start. Yeah, right. There's a lot of listings in the table of contents uh, in the first couple pages, but like you know, Barbarian has three listings, and it's all on page 24 because there's just you know you don't need a lot of pages for that. But like, and it so it looks like there's a lot of space on the left side uh, for like for character options and like and subclasses and things like that. But there's a lot but, of other I mean, shit too. Yeah, and so there's pretty much a third of the book is dungeon master tools. So they're not really skimping out on anyone here. You know what I mean? Because the beginning is player, and then in the middle it's kind of like player and dungeon master, and then the last is just here's your dungeon master stuff. This so. is a very well balanced. Uh, shot of everything I think that's very yeah I would agree I would definitely agree I'm really excited to see what all these magical items do too because I'm I don't know I'm always a I'm always a a fiend for magical items I love them those tattoos look very uh, familiar yeah Yeah, they do there's some of them that are just like really really dope actually like there's one that just is um I think it's like nature's claw and it just says you add a plus one to all your unarmed strikes and mm. once I think it's like as a bonus action or something like that, uh, a certain amount of times per day, you can like send your attack 30 feet away from you. Oh, is that Eldritch Claw? Or sorry, Eldritch Claw. That's what it is. Yeah, there yes. it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's super cool. Yep. I think yeah. that's also been a big criticism of mine is like you guys really need a way to make your like natural attacks better because it yeah. really sucks to be an Arakakra and have the talent attack that is canonically really cool and it's cool that you can't ever really be disarmed unless they chop your feet off but it's not useful ever at all I will always yeah. pretty much have a weapon that will just be better than that you know there, there's not a reason to use it ever you know and I, yeah. I I think that potentially has the potential of being uh, counteracted in, in a certain way that's that's pretty dope. Very cool. Yeah. The Demonomicon. Yeah. I'm not looking at Ooh, that. Dude, there's a bunch I'm of cool ones here. They, they just got like, they just got delicious names. Man. Yeah. It's so good. It looks just like absolutely wonderful. All of these, I'm just like, oh no, that sounds terrible. I want Arcane it right Grimoire. now. Yeah. I, like, the, the, so have you ever heard of the, the Teeth of da- Dalvernar? No. Apparently that's an item that's been around for a long time. 
Uh, I'm gonna Google it right now. We can discover together. Um, Dalvernar. Teeth of of Dalvernar. Um, it is a set of teeth of varying size and type. Though most described as a full set consisting of 32 individual teeth, at least 34 are known. To gain the powers of a particular tooth, you, one must remove his own tooth and replace it with the tooth in question. Oh. The individual teeth vary in appearance, matching their associated vestiges. Though many appear to be humanoid, the teeth shrink or grow to fit the user's mouth, but just barely. And wow. there are apparently a bunch of different teeth that you can actually, like, get. That's and so, super like, cool. There are people in here like a Sararac. You can get uh, you can get a um, an Sararac tooth. You can get like a um, urinome tooth. I think I remember urinome from somewhere. I'm like some people if they're like D and D veterans are listening to this are like, oh my god, this absolute noob. <laughs> um, there's like a ton of really awesome ones, and like they each have different effects that they can um like give you so demogorgon's teeth yeah that's what i want i want the you want a what demon lord demogorgon or yes the god of (laughs) undeath or no demon lord of undeath i don't know it's in there he's a giant minotaur guy yes yes got a cool wand yeah he does how do his wings lift him no one will ever know magic Uh, magic definitely but yeah so there's you know wands are cool but they're not so don't use them ever unless you're harry potter i don't know man wands are interesting I wands are interesting I think wands are good. but like for a demon lord come on man you do better than that. i don't know man you're like here like i'm a big demon lord and also my wand is made out of the spine of an, an angel or oh, something yeah. like that i mean no it's it's really metal for a wand but that's <laughs> still like all the other demon lords like he's like i got a wand and demogorgon's like well i got two like 80 foot long tentacles and i have two yeah that's baboon true. heads you kind of look like a bitch over there, Orcus. I mean, he could have a sweet guitar. He could. But that he, would be better. He has a wand. I don't know, man. Like, a sweet guitar might be really cool. Like, you just, like, have a cool guitar made out of the living yeah. corpses of undead beings, you know? What like, about that'd just, be cool. like, space gun? That'd be cool. Ooh, true. I'm not sure how thematic that is with Orcus, but... Make Orcus the, sure. the demon lord of undeath and also space guns. <laughs> the demon lord of space guns. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, guys, sorry, this is a little teaser for me and Zach's new supplement book, Orcus, and the Lost Art of Space Guns. <laughs> I love it. I love Our it. favorite new thing, Orcus, how is your space guns going? He's just, like, really rad. And then he just, like, like some, like, some, uh, some synth wave just starts coming on. It's just, like, and it comes with a supplement of of a CD. Yeah. Uh, no, it has to be it has to be a cassette, right? It has to be a cassette. And then you get the cassette with all of our cool new Orcus music. Oh, it's a weird supplement, guys. It's very weird. On that subject, though, I do see prosthetic limb under magical eye. Yeah. and I yeah, uh, that's pretty fucking cool. Let me just tell you, that's pretty interesting. I wonder what the hell yeah, that we- does. Yeah, we've we've used some of those before. I think some of this is reprinted from Eberron as well. So basically, they're trying to detangle it from Eberron too. So a lot of this is trying to detangle these different classes and things like that from where they come from as well. So things like the Artificer come from Eberron, and they are just trying to remove that from the setting and write it in a setting agnostic way. Yeah, that's and cool. and they're also doing that with like 
the some of the paladin options too. Basically, uh, like I heard you sigh on paladin. Is it? No, is I there some disdain that, I for paladin? I said good. I went. Oh, oh good. good. Oh, good. Okay, I was worried there for a second. I was like, oh no, does Zach hate paladins ever since I played the most shitty paladin in the whole world? Well, I I don't really hate paladins for what they are. I just I'm evil. So that's fair. That's totally fair. But like, they There's... got a cool aesthetic and shit. I can't. Yeah. I can't hate on them for that. I, just, I, yeah, I hear you. Paladin, I'll, I'll rip I hear you. <laughs> well, I think and Malak was definitely a different type of paladin. I don't think he was necessarily he was. He was a, a, a good paladin. So. I will say. Yeah. He did some <laughs> questionable things. He murdered some people who probably shouldn't have been murdered. Yeah. Well, you know, once again, all in the name of Demia. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so like Oath of Glory that was released in the. Um, Oh gosh, uh, it was a magic book. Uh, Theros, that's what it's called. Th- there was a Theros supplement for D and D. Yeah. Um, and it was basically in this magic setting. And um, yeah, Theros was really cool. It had some options that were really dope. But you know, not everybody wants to buy the Theros book. Yeah. And if they take it out of there and they they detangle it from Theros and they give it to everybody, that's really cool. Um, they also have a bunch of psionic options right now too. So that's a whole they're, new thing. Dude, they're going down that path. Yeah, I see it. Oh yeah, Soul Knight. Oh, yeah, yep. Oh, they got Soul Knife. Boy. They got Cyanite. They have uh, Sorcerer has Aberrant Mind. Uh, yeah, they got a lot of stuff. Psionics is debatably the thing that finally really truly broke 3.5, and that yeah. is debatable because it's probably not true, but it was <laughs> to me. Well, why didn't you like Psionics in 3.5? Um. I thought they were really cool and really interesting, and then someone made, I think it was my old friend Mr. B, made Mm -hmm. uh, some multi-class combination where uh, he could give himself a spell slot and use that spell slot to give himself more psionic points or whatever the fuck it was, and then give himself more, and basically it was like an infinite loop ramping up in power, so at like level... 10 or something he was immortal and unbeatable and could just it, it broke the game it's just huh. 3.5 was not hard to break but that psionics was one of the fastest ways to get there i see i see yeah so there was there was some cool stuff that they introduced in ua a while back under Arcana a while back um for uh for psionics and i thought they were really cool if not a little overtuned um but it would have been hard to mechanically change them so for example um they introduced this this a uh, cool new way to cast spells called the side die, right? Side and die. so you would you would say yes, side die. <laughs> now you got me thinking like side die is like this Pokemon side die. Side die. <laughs> that's the that's the emo version of Psyduck. Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um. So, but w- what you would do is you would pick a skill and you'd say, I want this skill to be my psionic skill, right? Yeah. You'd choose either dexterity or strength or any of the spell casting options you couldn't choose constitution because you can't be just like my brain makes my my brain well actually you've convinced me they should have added it um but but what what basically happened is you would choose one of those skills and this feat would say you increase that skill by one and then you get a side die so what happens is anytime you roll a check you add the side die number and you so it'd be like a uh, at level um gosh it would be like level one it was a d4 at level five it was a d6 at level 10 it was a d8 
um, et cetera, et cetera. So okay. you would go up, and then eventually um, you would hit like a D12 at the maximum or something like that. But the thing was, if you hit the maximum number, so like let's say we had D8 as our side die, right? I would roll that with my intelligence checks, so I'd roll a D20 and a D8 and then add all my modifiers, right? So if I rolled an 8 on my side die, it would go down to a D6. And then if I rolled a 1 on my side die, it would go up to a D So the worse 12. you rolled, the, the better it would become, and the better you rolled, the worse it would become. So it's kind of an auto-balancing thing. Right, exactly. That's cool. The problem was, if you were really good at something, it just got really out of hand really quickly. And the worst offender of it was, I, so this happened the other day, um, I was playing in the session that I have with Barry, and I play an Abjuration Wizard, right? And so whenever you cast Counterspell, you say, okay, make an ability check against the spell's level, right? Well, okay. this it's an intelligence check and my character had a side eye for intelligence, right? Oh. And so and so what would happen was every time I rolled a, a check against that, I added my intelligence, which was five, and then I added um, my side eye, and then I added my d20. Yeah. And so it was basically like I would roll like a six on the side eye and then like an 11 on my d20. I'd have 16 base plus five is 15. There's no way I can't counterspell anything. You know yeah, I mean? that's fair. Which feels bad, which feels really bad for the DM. It feels bad for the players if they're up against a psionic, right? And so there's different things like that, and it sucks, right? And so... Um, they, they lack a counter, like the summoners we were talking about earlier. Exactly. And so, truthfully, I think they kind of had to remove it. I wish that they could have balanced it a different way, but I understand they removed that feat in this book, so it, it looks like they no longer you no longer can take things like that. But you can kind of like psionic light choose some feats in this game to where you can become a psionic without actually having to. Um, That's cool. Like grab a, a whole bunch of like class for it, but at the same time, it kind of sucks because you don't feel as psionic as you used to. Because I think right now, let me let me get the the feats for you for psionic right now. Um, basically, there were oh no, I don't know where all the feats are. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick uh, search here. Oh no, there's a lot of the word feature, and I do not want the feature. I want feet. It's there's zero instances feats. Okay, feats. Hold on. Feats is is more. Oh yes. Okay, cool. Um, it looks like yeah. So there's the only two now are telekinetic and telepathic. Okay. Um, for psionics and things like that, and basically the telekinetic one says you get a cool mage hand. And it, you can use it as a bonus action, and you can use a bonus action to shove a creature five feet. Which okay. was, it was more interesting because it interacted with your side eye last time. So, yeah. for example, when you had the side eye, you would roll the side eye, and then you would push a creature a number equal to five times the side eye's number, right? Mm, okay. And so, you would be like, oh, I rolled a four, I pushed them 20 feet. Yeah, that's So, that was really better. cool. Because you feel you feel like you're interacting with the psionic abilities that you have. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and, like, so telepathic was you could go down a psionic die. 
like you could go from a D8 to a D6 to cast Detect Thoughts for free. And that was really cool, right? Because then you're, it feels like you're using a psionic resource. Yeah. But because there's no psionic dies anymore, it's just like, oh, cool, I get the ability to use Detect Thoughts once per day. Like, that's yeah, one thing that I wasn't as happy about. Now. Yeah. Exactly. And it doesn't feel psionic, you know what I mean? So... So I liked the way that they tried it out. I just wish that they would have maybe changed something a little bit. They say, okay, well, now we've figured out where it all breaks, right? This all like, sounds l- very familiar. And yeah. it seems like they're still struggling with the balancing issues for Psionics. And I hope that they've been able to maybe fix some of that. Uh, but it sounds yeah. like they may have just nerfed it really bad. So mm. we'll see. That's kind of well, how it went that- in 3.5, too, is they yeah. came out with it initially. And that's what it was. They had like a, I don't know if it was a Psionics die, but they had a some kind of thing that would move up and down and you could use that to basically uh, uh, that was the game breaking thing you could use it to regain a spell slot and then you could use that spell slot uh, to cast the spell and if the spell did well enough or like killed somebody or something then you could regain uh, more psionic points or whatever it was you know mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that is that is it's a really cool idea but it definitely needs to be managed properly and handled well Otherwise, yeah. it makes people way too powerful, and that has been As my experience with psionics in the past. Yep, I've really felt like it was such an interesting concept, but I was kind of heartbroken that mm. like it got removed. So I can understand though, like if they give it to only a fighter, like I don't know exactly all of the all of the psionic stuff exactly for for the fighter, the rogue, and the sorcerer, but. Hopefully they take some of those really cool ideas and they put them into the fighter, the sorcerer, and the rogue. I hope so, yeah. Because um, that psionic die thing, like using a resource like that, that's really cool, right? I like that a lot. There's like this different way of spellcasting that's not yeah. just using spell slots. Um, but, um, you know, I can also understand why they're not doing it because they don't want to break the game. But, you know, the, it feels like a lost opportunity. The way I've seen it handled and the way I've personally handled it as a DM for 3.5 was just you run a psionics campaign. And either everybody's a psionic or nobody is. Sure. Because if there's one character, one player character who's a psionic, yeah, they're really strong. But if everybody's strong, then nobody is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's the one, true. The one thing, the one counter I did come up with that was not related to psionics was um, Gestalt. Do you know what Gestalt is? I feel like I've told you about this before. I feel like we talked about it before, but why don't you give me another rundown? A Gestalt character is basically someone who, if you're level 5, then you have 5 levels in one class and 5 levels in another class. And you gain whatever is the highest hit dice. You don't gain double hit points or whatever. Um, and you gain whatever is the best skill set uh, and, and stuff like that. So you basically take the best options from both classes, but you gain all the class features of both classes. So okay. I'd be like, alright, you could be just, you could be uh, gestalt, or you can have psionics. You cannot have both. And sure. Okay. I got into some fuckery with that, because then people would pick the gestalt option, and then later try to take feats that were psionics, and I'd be like, no, I can't do that, and they'd be like, well, you, uh, why not? It's just a feat. Yeah. But that no, that, that was a fairly good way to balance it. Nonetheless, the monster manual is really not built for shit like that. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Those yeah. kind of characters are really, really strong. Yeah. I, I don't think that it's going to be that strong in 5e. Yeah. Um, not. Because I think that I so far from... Um, I've seen a couple of the options for the psionic stuff, um, and it does look interesting, but it doesn't look nearly as broken as what you're kind of describing to me. Yeah, um, well, that was 3.5. Blue by the seat uh, of the yeah. pants. 
you know, yeah, I guess I, I haven't really like um, taken a look at too much of the the three point five stuff with that because it 3. just feels like very oh. fun, but it is yeah just crazy, and there's a lot of unpredictability. And honestly, it's fine to play, but you really need to play or DM a lot. You need experience yeah. in three point five in order for the game to work, because otherwise. If you're a player, you might select an option that just doesn't work at all. Yeah. It's just a class that's complete garbage. It's like there was like an, a, a ninja or something that was supposed to be a cross between an assassin and or, or like a monk and an assassin. But then it was just worse than both. And so mm -hmm. uh, a new player might be like, oh, I want to be a ninja. That sounds dope. And then you yeah. get shit on for the whole game. And similarly, yeah. there was pitfalls for DMs as well in that similar region where it'd be like, oh... I'm going to throw these ghosts at my party. Oh, they can do nothing to them. Yeah. The, the, even though they are actually under CR'd for this, like the, even though the players should be able to beat this handily based on the, the challenge rating of this encounter yeah. that I built, they are unable to inflict damage at all. And so mm -hmm. they're just going to get killed now. Cool. Oof. Sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, that was just 3.5. It was, yeah, it was a chaotic hellscape. <laughs> yeah so i mean it feels like 0.5 was really a nice place for min maxers too was was indeed yeah. the more you knew as a player the more options you knew of and had uh access to the more broken you could be and yeah part of the reason why it was like that is because they just kept adding shit and i see yeah. them still doing that it seems like they are taking a greater effort to keep things balanced but the more cr the more stuff you add the more potential holes there are in that you know yep. the more potential exploits you can find and stuff like that um but i don't know it kind of depends on your dm it depends on your players it it that's that's just how things go and i do see a lot of efforts as we were talking we've been talking about to kind of like make steps towards rebalancing things and i really i didn't get a chance to say it earlier but i really really like that they are trying to decouple some of these options from the setting that they are based on, because yes, that also is a really big criticism of, of uh, D and D is man. It's cool. I wish you guys just gave me all the options without all the flavor and without tying yeah. into these worlds, because I, totally I might not want to run my campaign in your campaign setting. And then I have, I think to I often, yeah, I totally agree. I think I often try and like decouple that any anyways you know what i mean because like i will go through and and look at this and be like this is really cool it doesn't fit into my setting perfectly but like how can i give this to a character who has like a dream of wanting to play this you know what i mean yeah so that'd be really that that's dope that they're doing that because i feel like that's something that a lot of people may have been like oh well we can't play this because we're not never on you know what i mean so you can't play an artificer but that's yeah. really awesome that they're allowing those ooh, allowing those options <laughs> um so uh yeah um, so also, Zach, I I've taken a look really quickly at the psionics from the psionic options for the new classes for sorcerer uh, okay. and and uh, soul knife and cyanite, and it looks like all of them still have the psionic talent die. So okay, so, so they are still doing it. But here's the thing: because they can keep it in a singular class, they can manage how that class uses the side die, and so it it can't get like pushed into a broken space. So they you know removed I mean? it as a feat and added it as a class feature, so that they could put more restrictions on it. That's so, the right way yeah, to do actually, that. Yeah, actually, 
And when they originally re released this, they released the three class options and the feats in the same unearthed arcana to try and get testing of it. And it was basically you could either take a class or you could take some feats and kind of try and work it in later, right? And so that was cool, but it allowed a little bit more breakage to happen with the with the feats and things like that. But when you have it is as just like a um, as a class feature, it starts to become much easier to manage. And so I really like that though because I think that. You know, psionic talent die is a really interesting concept, and if they would have removed that completely, I would have been really sad. Yeah, I, I'm actually so. kind of like brought back up with this too. You know what I mean? Because I this think that it's just a really is interesting why concept. Play testing is fucking important. You have. To I do agree. It. You have to try shit out. Yes, I agree. Also, did do you, this as did, a DM. If you have yeah, a system you want to do, try it out, and don't yes. be like, "This is how things are permanently now," until you're really yep. sure it works. Yep, I totally agree. I, I really like introducing new things, but, like, sometimes shit gets wild, and you're like, you know what? We wanted to make this really awesome thing, and it's not as good as we – or it's not as, like, balanced as we kind of wanted it to be. Like, for example, like, we made a spell for Aurelius in the last campaign, and it was like, it was like, oh, this is cool. And then he's like, I'm going to cast it on 15 people. I'm like, you fucking what? <laughs> and, and then he dealt, like, something like 200 damage in one turn, and I was like, yeah. ah, okay. Well, yeah. you know what? We tested it out. It didn't work. <laughs> We're going to reduce yep. the damage die. It shouldn't scale perfectly. And that's fine. You know, so um, that's and okay. You guys, these rules I created for gunslinging and for a space western are really robust. Sure wish I hadn't given you all game-breaking superpowers three sessions ago. Yeah. <laughs> And then Barry was like, you were like, here's all the cool stuff. We need to restat. And then Barry sat down and he put all of his points into aim. And he was just like, he was like, he was like you were like, roll me an aim check. And he's like 84. And you're like, what? And he's yep. just like, I put literally every point I had into aim. I have, if you want me to roll a d20 for aim, like the minimum I can get yeah. is a 21. Yeah. That game was broken. Yeah, he was, he, there was literally no way, and then he, he dumped the last of his points into, into ship piloting, just so that he could take a ship, and he was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna fly the ship, and then Brittany got the ship, and she was just like, wait, hold on, I can't fly the ship, and he's like, luckily I can, it's my ship now, and that was and a whole debacle. forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are still, that is a battle being waged amid the stars to this day. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yep, oh my god, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so I, I've even sent you the document if you ever feel like taking a peek at those. Um, yeah, I they will. have They have some really awesome options. I'm considering um, making a couple of them uh, for, for some of my... Yeah. Wow, I have a lot of voice cracks today. Maybe it's just because it's early in the morning and we usually record oh, later in no. the day. No, I actually sent uh, an agent who in the middle of the night oh. injected you with a uh, reverse aging pill. So you will slowly reverse your age. So you're probably like getting into teenage years is what's going on. So really? Oh, well, that would explain a lot. Well, um, you know, it's just it's been a while since your last rebirth. So I figured I'd give you a little treat. That's actually super fair. That's fine. You know what, guys? Yeah, here's here's the thing. Basically, if you've ever watched Doctor Who, me and Zach go through this process where it's basically like regeneration, but we have to de-age and then re-age back again. So it's a whole process, but you know, immortality is a whole thing. So last time I was um, played by Whoopi Goldberg. 
Yeah, that's true, actually. I do remember that. She was very nice. Honestly, she was. Honestly, sometimes, Zach, I do miss her sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I do miss her sometimes. You know, that's very fair. So, but, uh, yeah, so I think, generally, that is a pretty, like, robust and cool look at most of the things. Are there anything, is there any other things that you would like to talk about from this table of contents here? Uh, you know, honestly, I could go on, but I, I think we've done a good job covering pretty much everything. We didn't do a lot for, like, the subclasses and stuff, but I think I'm okay with that because... Um, They've been covered in Unearthed Arcana a lot. Yeah, yeah. So cool. m- maybe we don't need to talk about them as much. I, I so, concur. I hope that they made Rangers good, but I doubt I, it. You know what? Dude, actually, they released an Unearthed Arcana the other day called... Uh, it's called Dragon Ranger, and... Basically, you get a Drake, or sorry, it's Drake Ranger, and you get a Drake as your companion, and oh, they just basically, cool. they were like, hey, you know, Beastmaster's cool, fuck that shit, here's a whole new class that's just called Drake Ranger, and it's basically Beastmaster, but I don't know, cool, so, uh, just, yeah. I'm laughing because uh, Wizards of the Coast definitely has this thing where when they try really hard to rebalance something a bunch of times and they are ultimately unable to do it, they're just like, fuck it, dragon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool guys. It Here's a dragon pretty well, you. but it's just a pattern. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, um, I'm really happy with this, guys. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything releases November 17th and December 1st for anyone outside oh. of the North America or US, I think. Zach, did you just decide to put in a moan in the I'm middle edgy. of my What nope? I might like... what? <laughs> <laughs> Go get the book. We've, we've had oh. such a, a family-friendly podcast up until this okay. point. And then In what like, way is this family-friendly? <laughs> I talked about eating a person's spine earlier. That's Okay, you know what, everybody? Eat your fresh spines on November 17th. All you I'm excited. Kids. I'm <laughs> excited for this book, and I'm excited for now this podcast to end. I, <laughs> I will... Have a wonderful time taking a look at it on the 17th with you all, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. I think that's it for us, though. Hey, Goodbye. is today Halloween? Yeah, it is. So you know what that means? This... No. I'm going to go uh, transmogrify myself into the clown from It, and I'm just okay. going to eat children for the rest of the day. That's my Okay. Th- that sounds like a fun time. I-, I hope you have a good time, and please... Uh, Please just don't, don't, don't ever give me any details about that because I just, the words that you said to me make me uh, clench up in horror. So I am going That's to go ahead and, and and take a moment to myself, decompress, forget that I heard what you just said, and have a nice rest of my day. So I'm going to go ahead and oh, do, don't do that. Oh, God, we're done here. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. The fact that you have made it here to the end means the world to us. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with your friends, or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is a great way to show support. You can follow us on Twitter at A Journey's Rest, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash A Journey's Rest Podcast. If you have any questions for us to answer, you can send them in to journeysrestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us, and we hope that the rest of your day is just as wonderful. See you again at our table soon.